Welcome to the official podcast of Comics, Beer, and Sci-Fi. Brought to you by Crystal Bright Janitorial, The Brand Barbershop, Greco Printing and Imaging, and Able Ideas. Before we get started, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow Comics, Beer, and Sci-Fi on all your favorite social media apps. Now, on with the show! Hey, this is Mark with Comics, Beer, and Sci-Fi. I'm here with a special guest. It's Mike DeSantis. You all might know him. He's the promoter and showrunner of the Great Lakes Comic Con and Expo shows here in southeastern Michigan. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm dreading going outside right now with this snowstorm. But yeah. let's talk about uh, how you got into this whole big comic book collecting uh a hobby and uh how it's evolved well the the hobby i mean i was probably younger than i can remember you know what i mean i remember trying to read with a spider-man comic book you know um so it's something where i've always been into comic books always been into the you know the cartoons and all that stuff um i didn't start officially collecting like with a membership you know from an lcs or something until i was well, almost old enough to drive i was 15 years old my buddy had a, 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 his permanent license and then as i turned 16 i got mine so um, and I'm 51 now, so I've been with a membership at an LCS since I was 15 years old. Now that has shifted over the years because the original place isn't there anymore, et cetera, you know, but, oh yeah, I've had a pull list for a very long time. Um, so I guess just always been into comic books, uh, got to the point, uh, it's probably a similar story with maybe a lot of people. And once I got married, uh, I was basically like, some of this has to go. It can all stay here. You know, I had a two bedroom condo, uh, when we had gotten married and my wife moved in, uh, the master bedroom, which is the bigger of the two, was where the collection was. And then, of course, the bedroom was the smaller, and I was informed that we can't do that either, so we had to switch that up. Uh, and I had to start selling. So it was um, 97, 98, so late 90s. Uh, started selling on eBay. Um, I've, got, I've sold on Yahoo auctions. That's how old I am. Uh, but there's you know different things that were available before eBay really took off. And just started doing really well with the sales and um, ended up accumulating more stuff, which, of course, wasn't the plan. Um, to where the inventory got bigger than the collection. Um, so anyway, by 2010, uh, I, I did start setting up at shows once in a while here and there, uh, different shows in the area. Um, but then around 2010, the decision was, you know, let's try and do our own comic show. Uh, and my wife's uh, father is a Vietnam vet. And at the time, the VFW Hall, uh, which is no longer there, but it was on Frazo or near Frazo, um, Gratiot, south of Frazo in uh, Roseville was where we started doing the shows. And, um, and that's gone now. I don't know. I think it's a car dealership or something, but, uh, but the show just kind of, kind of growing from there and just kind of got the book to do it. And we just kept doing it. Um, eventually I'm not sure when we first started hooking up with you guys and seeing you guys at the shows, but we eventually moved to MCC, as you know. Um, and so now we're doing four shows a year. Uh, we do the big one in MCC. We call it the Comic-Con and the three smaller ones we call Expos. So we've got the Great Lakes Comic Expos three times a year. Uh, just, you know, small local comic book shows. And then we do the big one in February where we bring in the guests and, um, and it has evolved over the years. I mean, in lots of different ways. I mean, uh, we don't need to bring guests to the expos anymore. Uh, we just kind of reserve those all for the Comic-Con. It just seems to make more sense. Um, so the expos really just have become just collector shows. Um, so, yeah, a long-winded response. But that's kind of, you know, how things all kind of melded out over the years. <laughs> okay, now that you're sort of, a, you know, an old pro at this Comic-Con thing, what, are the, what, are, what were the challenges starting out with the big show? getting the guests and just organizing the whole thing. Yeah. 
Well, even, uh, well, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is, I mean, it's still a challenge now um, with the bigger guests because you just have to, two big things, and of course, I joke about this because we all know it kind of happens, especially with today. Um, not many people want to come to Michigan in February, and I'm sure that makes sense. I, I've had, you know, some even tell me, hey, if it's a February show, I'm going to Orlando or somewhere else, and and my response is usually, yeah, I would, you know, I think I'll do that too, you know, but, um, but that's always been the big challenge. Uh, not only just kind of convincing people that it's a worthwhile endeavor for them, but it's just the calendar of the show, you know, where it falls every year. But we've been fortunate, and I hope I'm not jinxing it down. We've had snow on occasion, but nothing that's been, you know, detrimental to the show. Um, so the biggest thing is just, you know, at first, making people aware of who we were. I mean, the first really big guest we had was uh, Chris Claremont back in 2014, uh, Jim Steranko shortly thereafter, Ron Mars, some others, Daryl Banks. Um, but it was more just, hey, here's who we are. And they had no clue what we were, you know, uh, but convincing them to come. Um, and it worked. It worked out. And um, now, I mean, there's still some of that now. Like I said, it's still a challenge with the calendar dates, uh, which I'm fine where they are. I mean, there's no really no other shows around our time. Um, and just convincing them that it's, you know, worthwhile. And, and now some of them, they know who we are. You know, I mean, I'll talk to people to show, hey, it's Great Lakes Comic Con. And they're like, oh, I heard about that show. And then I, I'm surprised. I'm like, really? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, over the years, people are talking about it now more than they have. So, yeah. Now, you got a good, like, uh, dynamic of vendors at these shows. Uh, you have a lot of comic book dealers and you got toy dealers. Do you have to, like, structure all that when you're um, setting up the the show with the vendors? Like, you don't want to have too many toy dealers. You don't want too many comic book dealers. You have to have an equal balance to that. There is to some extent, to some extent. I mean, what I try to do with it, because of course there's, there's other shows out there and for years and from the start, pretty much, I didn't want this show to be the same as everybody else's. You know what I mean? Well, what would, you know, make someone come to Great Lakes as opposed to somewhere else? And the decision we've been making over the years and more so since, you know, a little bit pre-pandemic, but now is we're a comic book and toy show. Uh, it's something where, I mean, yes, pop culture is wonderful and we do have pop culture stuff. But you'll notice with our guest list the last couple of years, it's been people from the comic book industry. We've had some media guests, but they're related directly to the comic book industry or toy industry. Uh, that's my argument for the wrestlers we have. They have wrestling toys, and we've got a nice little niche with the wrestlers we bring in. Um, so when you say, you know, how do we kind of, we do vet, you know, dealers. We do this a vetted system. It's a juried system. and uh, But we do focus on comic books and toys. So there have been people who have applied. And it doesn't quite, at least I feel fit for the show. So we, you know, say, no, you know, we can't have, we don't have room for you. Um, but once we have our group of who we have, and we have a pretty tight group we've had over several years now, some regular dealers, um, we do, yes, absolutely kind of make a decision on, you know, who goes where and how many of each and this and that. I mean, you know, you, you don't want, I mean, the, the, I don't know if this is the joke with it, but I hear even other promoters say stuff like this. You don't want 50 or 50 percent pops dealers on your floor you know pops are wonderful of course but when you walk in the room and everybody's got pops it makes it difficult you know um, for the dealers yeah you know, yeah i mean we've been to shows like that you know um but it's that kind of thing whereas comic books is different you know you have a bunch of comic book dealers they all have different things you know some silver age some gold some modern um you know some stuff that's just hard to find so it, it, it works pretty well i think and it has for the show it really has Okay, for the last few years, we've had some challenges with the COVID-19 issue. How has that affected how you run your show today and for the future? Well, well, of course, I mean, we were shut down like everybody else was. Um, the, the the weird thing was for us, though, before the shutdown occurred, our, our show happened, gosh, I think it was like maybe two weeks before the shutdown back in 2020. Because um, I remember, yeah, because after our show, I think I went to C2E2 the weekend after. 
And that was weird because, you know, you know how it was then. Like, we weren't sure, like, should I have a mask? Should I not? What's going on? You know, um, and of course, we were shut down. Uh, when we came back then, finally, which would have been uh, February this past year, um, the college was still under a mask mandate. I don't know if you recall that or not. People were just starting to shed the masks as far as the policies went. Um, I don't know if every person decided to, but, um, and that I think was challenging for us. Um, I had invested um, in lots of antibacterials, you know, spray and masks and all this stuff, because we were told we had to have masks at the show. Uh, and then I think it was that weekend the college decided to, to move away from that rule too. So, um, so as far as challenge goes, um, pre-pandemic numbers at the shows, um, we still haven't gotten back to that level yet. So our show numbers back in 2019, 2020, because um, again, February 2020, before people actually started responding to the pandemic, uh, we had a very solid show that year too. It was our 10-year anniversary, if you remember. Uh, you know, we had Jim Starlo there, Starenko had a you know great turnout. Um, but then, you know, since then, I mean, not that it's you know overly, I guess, negative in any way, but but the numbers still haven't gotten up as far as they were pre-pandemic. And um, and of course, it's only been one show, right? Last year in 2022. And I kind of feel the mask mandate may have done something with that because some people probably just said we're not going for the mask being worn, um, but others may have said they were going because of the mask. So you don't know. So as far as going forward, I guess to come back to your question, um, it is a struggle. It is something that, I mean, of course, we're all living with it now. We're all very conscious of it. Um, but I'm just anticipating and hopeful the numbers get back up to what they were pre-pandemic, and um, and I'm confident it'll happen. I mean, as with dealers, we have more dealers at this show. I mean, you know this too. I usually have my two spots. I set up with my stuff. Uh, I gave my spots up this year. Uh, we had such a demand for dealers coming in that I figured, okay, I'll make room for others, that kind of thing. Um, so we actually have more dealers now than we ever had coming into the show. So so do you see yourself like with this hobby kind of growing or do you, do you feel it's more like it's slowing down a little bit? Because, uh, you know, with, with the latest, uh, offerings on like with the with the media shows the movies i haven't been too impressed for the last few years of what they've put out not like they did you know during that phase four of what was it phase three of marvel you know it was movies. i mean that, that was that was just a great period and it just seemed like the whole like comic book industry started booming right right around that then we hit the pandemic and then it seems like everything was big and then it start it's starting to slow down a little bit now, obviously, those things go up and down, you know. They, right, sure. So, but do you see the sh your show growing in the future to the point where you'd have to move out of there, get a bigger, bigger venue? Well, um, first of all, yes. I mean, the show, of course. Let's keep it growing. We're prepared for it, and we plan for that growth. Uh, the facility we're in, though, we only use seventy five percent of that floor space. It's something where, I, and again, I, I guess you know, people watch this. If you come to the show, when you walk in, uh, we turn right right away. And everything to the left is all blocked off. Uh, we're still not at full space usage of that venue. Uh, the first show we had back there in 2014, uh, the Claremont show, Chris Claremont was there. We were using 50% of the venue. So then over time, we just kind of start. It's basically, and I don't know if people notice this, but as you walk in, that left wall is literally a wall of bleachers. I noticed this. It's pull on there. So that wall of bleachers has been moving over little by little <laughs> every year. Um, it's just maybe not perceptible unless you're down there with a the tape measure and really paying attention, uh, you, you know, and, um, and something else, I guess, when you say, how have we responded to the pandemic? Um, we went from eight foot aisles to 10 foot aisles. Uh, we're at 12 foot aisles this year. So, I mean, trying to make it, of course, you know, more distancing, even though, you know, um, 
I'm not sure how to say this, but we're not as responsive to the pandemic as we were. You know, we kind of pretend that it's over and maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but people are still getting sick. So um, in that respect, we still respond. We're keeping those rows longer. Um, but yeah, we still have about 25% of that venue space to expand to. Um, and I've considered it, but, you know, just like I've considered, you know, we're on a Friday and a Saturday. Should we also do a Sunday? I mean, these are all things we talk about every single year. Um, but to me, the first thing that has to happen it's almost like we have to be exploding at the seams, like with attendance is what I'm thinking, before I want to adjust it. Uh, because it, to me, it doesn't make sense to add a third day and then attendance stays the same, you know, or perhaps it may, you know, or expand that floor plan and bring in, you know, 50 more dealers and the attendance is the same and all the dealers are fighting for the same dollar, you know. I mean, it's it's that kind of like business decisions that um, I'm very conscious of. It. We're always aware of them. I mean, even uh, last year in 2022, uh, we had our, you know, staff meeting. I know I run the show. It's, you know, my wife and I run it and everything, but we do have a staff, mostly family. Uh, but we have, you know, planning meetings where it's like, do, should we expand this show? Should we not? And and it's always just very conservative approach. You know, it's it's working fine the way it is. Let's wait and see how it goes. Um, so, so sure, there's room for growth. There's room for expansion. Uh, finding another venue. I, I don't know. I mean, what other venues are there? And it's a wonderful venue. Uh, I mean, the only negative to it, um, and by the way, I try to be a very positive guy, but here's the negative, is there aren't many hotels near it. Um, you know, it's not like, you know, a suburban show place where the hotel's right there, or if you're downtown at the Rins, and of course the hotel's right there. Uh, that's the downside, is that wherever you stay for a hotel, and even for our guests, you know, we're kind of trucking them in back and forth before the show, back, you know, this kind of stuff. That's a pretty big challenge, but we've made that work as well. Um, but I couldn't think of any other venue, really, at least in Macomb County. Um, that can fit what it is that we do. Okay. For so, for those of you who don't know, Mike is a teacher. And I know you use a lot of uh, some of the students as volunteers. Are you still using that practice? I don't use them. Come on. Uh, actually, no, it's kind of cool. Um, a lot of them know. You give them, you give them the, you give them the privilege to there go. have for free. It's to credit. If they do a little uh, volunteering. No, actually we pay them. And, and I do it. I pay them well. Okay, that's great. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. We don't use any volunteers at all. It's kind of interesting. I actually had a message literally yesterday on our Facebook group. Somebody says, you know, hey, I help out. I volunteer at Motor City, volunteer here, you know, C2E2. I want to volunteer for you. And it's like, I appreciate that, but we don't use volunteers. And I'm covered every year between family and then, yes, my students. So, uh, yeah, I'm a high school teacher. So, um, so, snow day today. It was wonderful. Yeah, to go on shovel, but I had a snow day today. Hoping for one tomorrow. Um, love my job. Love my job. Don't get me wrong. I'm a dedicated public servant, but sometimes it's, you know, nice to have a day here and there. Um, but the, the students have come into my room. I mean, I've been doing, I've been teaching 27 years. I've uh, been doing the show, as you know, since 2010. So there's kind of a the culture of, or the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, kids just know when they come into my class that I run a Comic-Con. And some of them are like, they approach me like, can I help this year? Because the kids are into this stuff too. And I joked when he said, you know, use my students. Um, but the thing is, they want to do this. And, then, and what I mean by that is almost like when you try to get young people into reading comic books, collecting comic books. I mean, I think you and I are pretty close in age here. I mean, yeah. we need younger people into this whole, you know, genre, into this whole game. Cool. Otherwise, you know, it's going to go away, you know. And, uh, and I think about this with... Um, maybe not golden age superhero stuff, but I think of like, you know, the, the Westerns and stuff, right. The stuff that was big in the fifties. And I know there's still collectors out with that, but there aren't a lot of all, you know what I mean? Like as people get older and 
they're no longer with us. I mean, the interest just isn't there. Now, will that ever happen to Spider-Man and Batman? I mean, who knows? I mean, you mentioned the movies and stuff a few minutes ago. I, I think the movies have pretty well solidified that, you know, in the culture that I'm sure they're going to be around for a while. Um, but it's good to get the younger people in. And yes, I do pay them. And I actually even do like a profit sharing with them. If the show does well, I give them, you know, I'm also a union guy. I'm a labor guy. I'm actually a union rep for my building. Um, I'm going to pay people who are working. Um, and so like, last year I had two students who um, gave me a lecture that I told them I would and good for them. They came to me in class. And they're like, I think you paid me wrong. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, it was a lot more than we agreed. On. Oh, just keep it and spend it. I said, the show did well. It's my way of saying thank you. Um, but now they told their friends and now the friends and them want to come back and help again. I mean, it's all, all very positive, you know, in that respect. That's why. Uh, that's what I thought. That's what I brought it up. I didn't mean to say you were like taking advantage of them or right, anything. right. I know they would be chomping at the bit to help out. I know that. Right, right. Yeah. No, no, and I was teasing you about that too. But yeah. no, no. Actually, yeah, we don't have volunteers. And one more thing too, because I can't stop talking. We've actually had positive comments from attendees who've said to us, like, you know, they'll go to other shows and ask a volunteer something. The volunteers like, I don't know, or can't help, or whatever. And there's been a lot of praise that when they talk to people on our show floor or whatever, they people know what they're doing. Cause uh yeah. Anyway, just kind of throwing that out there too. So well, anyways, like getting back to your uh your guests, the the media guests, who have been some of the most delightful guests that you've had at your shows? I have to say all of them, don't I? I'm on camera, I'm being recorded. <laughs> Every one of them was what it's gotta be a standout. <laughs> Yeah, this guy named Mark Myers. Oh my gosh, who comes in? It's just crazy. Uh, I heard he's a jerk, though. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. Where'd you hear that from? Uh, no, really, though. Um, no, I mean, they've all been great. Seriously. I mean, some a little more, I mean, a little more needy sometimes than others. You know, that kind of thing happens. But I guess you expect that. I mean, if I were a bigwig in the industry, I mean, I, I would expect a, the royal treatment myself, you know, but, but it's also something where. And as I said, they've all been wonderful. The media and the comic guests too. But I mean, something where you've got someone like Jim Shooter, let's say, who's been to multiple shows of ours. You know, Jim Steranko. I mean, that that says something, you know? I mean, Shooter pulled me to the side last year after the show we were talking and he said, and, and, I'm, and I'm praising myself on this, but it was just, I, I was starstruck because it's Jim Shooter and awestruck with what he said. He says, you know what? He goes, I've been to a lot of conventions in my career. This one the top two or three I've ever been into in my entire career. And he was referring to the way we treated him to, um, you know, pick up from the airport, traveling around this, you know, the, the dinners we have for the guests, which you guys aren't aware of, but we do stuff with the guests when they're with us. Um, and it was great. I was like, thank you. I mean, what am I supposed to say other than, you know, can you write me a recommendation of some kind or I don't know, hire me to write a comic book. I'm joking about that. Uh, but, um, well, the guests have been great though. Um, my personal favorites just from like a geek standpoint or an nerd standpoint, uh, was when we had the greatest American hero in William Catt back in 2018. Uh, that was just a personal favorite for me. I was just like, when he was coming, I was fanboy starstruck. Uh, the other one was Nicholas Hammond, uh, who played Spider-Man back in the seventies. Uh, as I said, I'm an old guy. I'm 51, going to be 52 this year. I remember watching that stuff on TV all the time. Uh, in the seventies, you know, and so that was a, one of my the, well, the first Spider-Man for me, anyway. Other, than I always loved the reverse web slinger uh, effect that they did. <laughs> yeah, everything was in reverse. <laughs> I know it was well the special effects at the time, you know, or when he's climbing up the wall and his hands like sliding as it does it, it's just kind of <laughs> tell he, he, uh, you tell he's on a wire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know it was great. Great for back then, though. It's all we had. Yeah, yeah well, 
Well, they needed him in that last Spider-Man movie, right? They brought back Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield. You couldn't give a nod to Nicholas Hammond. Come on, you know that doesn't. But yeah, I was just. But anyway, yeah. Well, who is uh, who's on your like uh, wish list of people that you would like to have at your show? Well, and that's that's actually a good point too, because that's always been kind of my thing is like the bucket list. You know what I mean? Of course, people that you know the customers would respond well to. Um, but who is it? I would like to meet. I would like to spend time with. And and I hate to admit it, but I've I've almost hit it all. Uh, I mean, um, Walt Simonson's probably up near the top, and Louise. Um, I've been in contact with them. We just haven't been able to get things working out. Um, again, February, snow, Michigan, you know. Um, but in other reasons too. But um, I, it's probably just. I, I think of the high tide when I first got into it and got really excited about it. You know, like it's Todd McFarlane stuff. Um, you know, Angel Medina. You know, has reached out to Todd several times. Well, hey, come to the show. And Todd's interested, but just can't make it work. Um, honestly, I probably couldn't afford him if he wanted to come, but hey, you know what? I'd remortgage the house if he was interested. Um, I don't know if my wife heard that. She's upstairs. Uh, but we'll keep that just between us. But then you have to raise the price of admission if Todd <laughs> A little bit, right? I will. No, but the, yeah. yeah. I mean, even like Tom Orsakowski who comes, and he's coming this February. I have a great relationship with him and he's personal friends with Todd as well. He's, you know, what are all those spawn issues? And he says, you know, every time I'm with Todd somewhere and conventions, because I always talk about your show and Todd's aware of it. But again, just schedule and with the movie and stuff that they were working on. I mean, his schedule's not open. Um, but in terms of who I would like to see, I mean, Simonson's would be wonderful. Uh, McFarlane. Uh, just, so I think of that, you know, late 80s, early 90s crew, you know, that I was, and you as well, if you were collecting at the time, just. Jim Lee. So, yeah, Jim Lee, exactly. Arthur Adams. I mean, I, I know they're all more natives, but can't think of them right now. Which one? Liefeld. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, but again, it just comes down to, like I said, I mean, price is a big one. I mean, for any household decision, you know, money's a big issue. Um, and it's the thing you mentioned raising the price. I mean, that is something we try not to do. I mean, we're at a $20 admission right now. And you know, even five years ago, if we would have talked, I would have told you I would never be at 20. No way, no way, no way. Um, I'm trying to keep this as affordable as I can. But the reality is, I mean, especially since pandemic, I mean, oh my gosh, our costs of, you know, flights, hotel, food, venue, all that stuff, it's gone up 30% since 2019 um, or 2020, actually. Um, so, you know, you, you can't you can't sustain that without raising prices somewhere, you know? Um, so, yeah, so we're at 20. So, um yeah, bringing in someone bigger than that, I guess it would have to hike the prices. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It might be a good problem to have or something to concern ourselves if that day ever comes. Who knows? Um, would, uh, you got the show coming up uh, February 24th. Uh, yep. The date. 24th, yeah. 25th. Yep. 24th, 25th. What, what do you have uh, for raffle? You're going to be raffling off. Do you already have that already planned out? The one thing I, I've got like stuff sitting all around me here because I was preparing for, you know, this discussion. The one thing I didn't pull out were those prizes. Uh, okay. So um, I was going to show them on the camera here. Um, but uh, Friday night. We can insert that later. if you insert the, and You'll just put it on the screen as I'm talking. That's great. That's great. So um, Mike Royer is coming, which that's actually another I should have mentioned him. I mean, Mike Royer was Jack Kirby's inker. So, of course, Jack Kirby's been gone for, you know, three decades now. Um, but Mike Royer was the one who inked all that stuff Kirby was doing at DC, whether it was Devil Dinosaur, the Demon, you know, Commandy, all that stuff, uh, Eternals for Marvel. Um, so I use that to kind of give me an idea for what kind of prizes to give away. So the Friday night prize is the Demon number one, uh, all high-grade copies. 
Um, and then we've got Command D number one, which I know that one's maybe not as high demand as the Demon, but it's still a co cool comic book to know and have. And Mike Royer inked each of those. Um, with our celebrities coming from the Star Wars, you know, Disney Plus universe, if you will, uh, we've got Dorian, uh, Dorian Kingy, who played Cad Bane on Book of Boba Fett, uh, and several other things. He was in Stranger Things. He played, you know, Venom and some of the animated stuff for the movie, not cartoon, but for the CG stuff for the movie. Um, and then we've got Barry Lowen, who played the Mandalorian in, I think, five, six, seven episodes or something of the Mandalorian. Um, so we've got those comic books. We've got Mandalorian number one. We've got a Cad Bane cover from Star Wars Insider. Uh, Keith Daggett, if you know who he is, runs Daggett's Comics. He donated yeah. a bunch of the show. He's a really good guy. So we've got those to give away. And that's Friday. So Saturday then, um, we have Dan DiDio coming, who uh, formerly DC Comics Spain, but now he's involved with Frank Miller and Frank Miller Presents. And um, so I have Daredevil, the first Electra, which I know is not Frank Miller Presents, nor is it Dan DiDio, but it's Miller. So as I said, the, the guests that we bring in just kind of, that kind of makes the path to what the prizes are going to be. Uh, so yeah, Daredevil, the first appearance of Electra, 168, again, high grade. I mean, uh, you know that coming here for years. That's one thing I do pride myself. One of the many things I pride myself on with this show is that we have some really cool prizes. You know, you just got to pay admission and you got to stick around. I mean, that's, that's kind of the catch. Got to stay in the room until we do the prize raffle or, or if you're going to leave, just make sure you come back for the prize raffle. Uh, you have to be present to win. Um, but that's, am I missing one? I'm trying to think. If I, I have another one on Saturday. What one was it? I'm drawing a blank. But and we're doing the Mandalorian and Cad Bane stuff also on Saturday because we had so many copies donated by Daggett's Comics. Um, this is going to bother me now that there's another. Oh, Batman 635. How could I forget? We have Tom Nguyen coming, um, who's um, an inker, and he inked that first appearance of the Red Hood. And so that's going to be a Saturday prize too. So you can get the first Red Hood and the first Electra, or or you can't win both. Um, yeah, that's for Saturday. So again, hundreds of dollars of prizes available. Uh, we are doing the door prize at three o'clock this year on Saturday instead of five. Um, and the reason for that is, again, cut me off if you want me to. Otherwise, I'll keep on talking forever. Keep talking. But uh, we've we're making things electronic now. And for any of you who've been to our show, you know, watching this and you've been to the show regularly, you know, when you come in, we give you a slip of paper and you fill it out and we draw names. Well, answering the question for earlier about response to health, safety, pandemic, et cetera, you start thinking about lots of people touching the same pen, lots of people touching pieces of paper. And then there's a staff member who's usually me <laughs> rifling through and mixing up all the pieces of paper and pulling a prize. Um, thinking that's probably not a good idea anymore. So we've eliminated the paper, which also helps with the budget. Like I said, we're trying not to keep raising prices. Um, and so we're going to do it electronically. So what we're doing, and I was actually working on that today, um, trying to enjoy my snow day, right? Uh, graded some papers, got caught up in school stuff, and then started working on stuff for the show. Uh, but we have a bunch of QR codes that are going to be on placards. So when you walk in, um, you have your smartphone, hopefully. I think everybody has one. Uh, just go up to the placard, hold your phone up. Here's mine get that picture and you fill things out electronically. And so what'll happen is that's your prize draw. And then we're gonna do it at three o'clock in the afternoon. We'll do the draw. And all I'm gonna do is, you know, there's lots of websites out there, but I use one of these, it's just a random line picker. So we've got a database that you're entering your information into. I dump that database into this random line picker, then boom, I start picking names. And so the idea is, is that when you fill out the electronic form, you put in your cell number and I'll just text you and say, you're the winner. So. So we're not going to do the whole show at the end where everyone's sitting at the bleachers and I'm pulling 30 names onto the box because people have left earlier and they don't hear the name and 
yeah, so we're trying to get better at that too. Because um, the other option would be just to eliminate the prizes. And I, I don't want to do that. I think that's the one thing, again, like I said earlier, I'm always trying to do something that other shows are not doing. Um, you know, why why would you come to Great Lakes Comic Con when you can go to another show here, another one there? And, and I think people do come for the guests that we have. Again, comic book industry directly, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and comic book related or wrestling related. Um, or the prizes. You know, or the awesome vendors, or maybe because comics beer and sci-fi is there. I mean, you know, something that'll draw them in is the idea. So, uh, and as far as the door prizes go, um, I'm going to begin that on social media in the next couple of weeks too, so people know that the rules are a little different for this show, and hopefully, people can understand and cooperate with that. So, now speaking of prizes, you, uh, you you're still doing the cosplay contest, obviously. Yep. Yep. All right, because that's one of the big draws to for a lot of people to come to these shows. They get to dress up as their favorite characters. Now, sure. what's the prizes for the for the cosplay? Well, we have, and I say cash prizes, but I'll do air finger quotes for cash prizes. We call them Comic Con dollars, and so yeah, so two hundred twenty five dollars in prizes total for the kids and the adults, and we basically give you money you can only spend at the show. So if you get in win first place, you win a hundred bucks you get these little coupons from us that you spend at the show. So, and that is to help the dealers. I mean, if I were to give just a cash, an actual cash prize, I mean, who's to say they might, you know, go somewhere else and spend it. Yeah. Yeah. You want to keep it in house, keep it in house. So, and that's why we do it that way too. So um, yeah. So yes, costume contest. We actually have a few uh, cosplay guests coming to the show this time around as well. Uh, the League of Enchantment will be helping out with judging and they will be present at the show. Uh, we have Disfusional Studios uh, and she's helping with, uh, she'll be at the show at the table, but helping with judging on Saturday. And then Ray Gray Cosplay will be there as well. And, and they've been at the show before. Um, these are friends of ours, people we know, you know, who are helping out as well. Um, but yeah, you're right. Costumes, huge part of it, huge part of it. It's almost like, I wish we could even do something on Friday night as well, but there just isn't enough time because we've had the cosplayers on Friday as well. But the contests are all on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, so what are your hours on Friday? Uh... Five to nine. Five to nine. And then what? Saturday. Because I'm, I'm still a working stiff, so I got to work, and then I go to the Comic-Con afterwards. Um, sometime I'll retire, and maybe those hours will change. But Saturday is 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. So you have Friday night, 5 to 9, Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Good. All right, Mike. I Well, I appreciate you uh, talking to us. Uh, sure. Again, folks, uh, make sure you make it out to the Great Lakes Comic-Con on February 24th and 25th. Uh, again, this is Mark with Common Spear and Sci-Fi with Mike DeSantis. That's it for this episode of the Common Spear and Sci-Fi Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.